You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. We're back. Hope you guys missed us because we definitely missed you. But as you know, we were in Chicago for Lucy, also known as Lucy on the Grounds Bachelorette Party, was truly one of the most iconic weekends of my life. I mean, I still can't believe how Friday went down. For those of you who followed our Instagram, we probably overposted it, but we truly hung out with Juliet all night. Uh, it was very unexpected. People kept asking, like, did you guys reach out to her? How did this happen? She reached out to Maggie, AKA Best of Bravo. It was like, welcome to Chicago. Maggie sent me us for drinks. And she said, sure. And so we met Friday at Nobu and she stayed with us until well past midnight. We hopped around to several bars together. And I have to say, like, she is so fun. She's a lot of fun and truly like, she's exactly what you would expect. But we'll share some more tea regarding our chat with Juliet on our Patreon. So if you're not already a Patreon member, please consider joining and supporting us. We'll dish a little bit more on what she shared about the future of Ladies of London. So check that out, um, www.patreon.com slash Bravo. So from one iconic person to an iconic franchise, Potomac is back. We did get to recap the premiere because we were gearing up for the big bachelorette party. So we're kind of throwing uh, a lot of like a lot into one recap. I have to say, Wendy looks amazing. She might not admit to everything she's had done um, or is going to be admitting to stuff throughout the season. She looks good. She looks phenomenal. I did think it was really weird though, that she didn't immediately admit that she got her ass done. Like she denied it. And then like, I did think that was kind of weird. I thought it was where she denied it too. Like maybe just be like, oh, you know, like I don't need to reveal everything I had done, but I got some touch-ups, you know, like she was kind of trying to do that, but she said it in a weird way. And then when she later admitted to it, she was like, well, I just didn't want to tell you guys yet. I was my, I wasn't ready to tell you. I'm like, but you said it an hour later. So like what changed other than, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I was dying. Like she was very proud. I mean, listen, like let's normalize being proud of any work you get done. Like if it makes you feel good, I'm all for that. But it did make me laugh how she was like with the cupcake. She was like, bite the nipple. <laughs> All the know, girls' faces were like, know. what the fuck? I mean, if I have my boobs done, I will definitely do like boob cupcakes for all my friends, but I don't think I'll make them like lick it and bite it quite like that. That's I do it. love boob cupcakes. Um, granted, the nipple looks 
That's a little too real. No, well, I'm talking about like for pumping. That's like a thing oh. for breastfeeding. When your nipple like looks like half of a hot dog, pretty much. Like, what are you doing half of a hot dog? I mean, not like that, but I just mean like you know, it's not cute like that cupcake. But <laughs> all right, let's but pivot. Okay. Okay. I'm so the reason why I think Wendy decided to list everything she had done was because Mia, the new girl, came in there and like just gave the laundry list, including having her clit done. And we found out when they were filming this, she was like 34, 35. I, I mean, I love that everything that followed everyone was like, and she even admitted at Karen and Ray's, she was like, her bean is beat up. What have you been doing that in your mid thirties, you have to have your vagina reconstructed. I mean, that's what Candace, well, she, I died when she said her beans been beat up, but they all predicted since she worked at a strip club, the poll. I don't know what else she might've been doing or not doing again, I'm not shaming her, but they're like, yeah, that might've been, they're like, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, she was in a bartender at the strip club. Yeah. She was, she was working and that's fine. Get that money. But, um, I guess, you know, strippers out there, truly no shame. If you know that this is a common thing in the field, let us know. Cause I, I feel like I'm not, I've not heard that. And I'm, I'm a little surprised that at a young age, she would need that done, but Hey, she looks great. Um, I actually really like Mia. I think she's going to be like such a shit disturber in a really good way. And I love that she buddied up to Giselle from the start. Like, I think she realized, even though Jizzy's a little cray cray, uh, that it'd be good to be Karen's friend, but also on Giselle's good side. And I like that she had that, that intelligence to pick up on that. Mm -hmm. I, I think I like her too. She's kind of got that sweet shade like she's like kind of low-key about it which I appreciate because it kind of balances off the energy of all the other women oh my god what an analysis that was <laughs> just like listening to myself in any other conversation with friends if I'm like she has sweet shade you sweet shade yeah <laughs> like what okay anyhow um would uh, you have a conversation about sex with your mom like Ashley did with her mom so there was a point in time where people used to joke that my sisters and I treated my mom like she was Chris Kardashian early seasons where like they would just purposely try to say stuff to like make her uncomfortable. Um, I wouldn't, I've never mentioned holes and I've never like acknowledged the fact that I have like other holes that I could please a man with. That was so bizarre. And the fact that her mom was like, okay, well that's good. You need that. I'm like, what? <laughs> If my daughter says this to me one day, I'd be like, I do not want to hear about your husband's, my son-in-law's penis and other holes in your body. Like I know what hole it, it went into to create my grandson and my future grandson. I don't need to know anything else beyond that. That you is know what's weird. weird. As you said that, like I would be, I would kind of want my girls to tell me mainly do? because I don't want, I don't think they'd want to know about me, but I would want, I think it's just more like a mom, like just, they like, trust me. It's more of that. Like, I may not like hearing it, but if she felt comfortable enough to open to me, open up to me about it, I would accept it. I'll make sure when Mia is older, I remind her, I'll remind her like your mom really wants to know when you're having anal or oral oh sex. Okay. I'll make sure she tells you. I, I mean, <laughs> and then I want you to call first. me. Then I want you to call me and be like, I was wrong. This, I cannot handle this. Okay. Well, that's fine. That's um, no, I, I just, I would not want my kids talking to me about that. I, I don't know. Well, I don't I need like, to know specifics, like how she was just generalizing it. You kind of, well, okay. you have three holes. Yeah. <laughs> She's not using the main one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I feel like I was like, I was grossed out by it. I also feel like, I hope it's, this is weird, but I hope it was not a lot of butt sex. Cause I feel like if you're uncomfortable vaginal sex while you're pregnant, I don't think the butt is going to be any better. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a backdoor Betty. She's like super pregnant. Like, like, yeah, she's very pregnant, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. Let's (laughs) go. Giselle's (laughs) let's talk about the West wing. I mean, Giselle. I think it's hideous inside and outside. I just, honest, the exterior is truly horrible. I I think everyone's assessment of it looked like they just tacked on a house to, it's very accurate. Like, girl, don't get by Versace bedding if you can't make the outside look right. It, yeah. I, I, other than the glam room, I just thought I didn't love any of it. Um, and it, the exterior is terrible. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I would love to have known like who her architect and like designer was for this. It was like, yeah, this is the best way to add on an addition to your house. I feel like it was the cheapest way. Like, I don't, yeah, I feel sure. like she probably got pitched something that probably looked aesthetically much better, but it was more expensive. You're probably right. Um, okay. Let's talk about Wendy's business. I, let me first talk by saying I love candles. We I, both love candles. We, we love passion. Like, <laughs> it truly is. I have like a candle, like cabinet. It was supposed to be for like entertaining wear. And now like my candles are taking over it. But I, I think Wendy has not sound bad. I don't know how to make, I think she's better than candles though. Like why, if you're going to start your own business, you are this like just, you know, four degrees, super smart, powerful woman. Like, I just don't get the candle thing. Like what I've never heard her talk about candles in the previous season. Like, it's not like everyone asked like, Oh, your home smells so good. And she like creates a custom scent. And now she's going to make that a candle. Like I'm just not getting the connection to candles. And I feel like she just like wants to have a business because that's what housewives do. And so she just picked candles. Ding, 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 ding. She truly lost me when she called it a home essential business. (laughs) I was like, it's fucking candles. Like, and again, I'm not diminishing anyone who has a candle business. Like we said, we fucking love candles, but I just, it's not a home essential business. Let's call it what it is. It's a candle business. And the fact Miss Four Degrees doesn't even have like, the business plan set up. She's like, I just did the fun part. I'm like, mm, this reeks of exactly what you said. Second season housewife trying to capitalize on their 15 minutes of fame. And granted, the 15 minutes can go much longer as we've seen with other housewives. But it feels like, I don't know what it is about season two housewives. Like they automatically try harder in so many different aspects. Their glam, their appearances, now having new businesses to be part of their storyline. It's just a lot. Yeah. Like I get being like, maybe seeing yourself on camera, like, Oh, I need better style. My hair could be a little, little bit better. I think we've seen that with Teddy. I think you could argue we've seen that with Jennifer Aiden and Jackie from Jersey, but Wendy's just going w- way too extreme. And I think she's going to like, she's got to be careful because she's going to fall into the area of kind of what's happened with Leah. And we saw it happen with Bronwyn where you just go so extreme from who you were your first season that people you lose the audience and you don't get brought back for the third um so i don't know like not that this candle business is going to be the reason why people aren't going to be interested in her storyline i just feel like she's trying to do a lot mm-hmm. in her second season exactly and- it's a lot it's it's a lot absolutely 100 percent. but you know who someone who, to me always does a lot but it's never enough for me is karen huger 
Fucking love Karen. Love Karen. I just love her so much. I think it's hilarious that she admitted in her conversation. I don't remember who she was talking to. Oh, it was Ashley. Ashley. That she admitted she just threw in Sing Sing for fun. Like, didn't know it was a jail. Like, in her dispute, she's just like, I'm just going to say Wait, Sing Sing Sing's a jail? I missed that. Yeah, Sing Sing's actually a jail. But did she know that? She apparently figured that out afterwards. (laughs) But when she said it, like, just her saying, like, fiery box, your hot box. I know, coochie box. It was great. (laughs) I just think she's fucking funny. I just love her and everything she brings. So, anyways, but the Sing Sing thing was hilarious. But yeah, we can talk about Giselle and her daughters. Her daughters are the best part of Giselle. That's a good compliment. Like, no shade. That's a genuine compliment. (laughs) I think it's really. So, here's the thing like, when you talk, I wouldn't want my if I have a daughter one day or, and I don't want my sons talking to me about their sex life, but I would hope that if I, for whatever reason was a, a single mother and dating that my daughters would feel comfortable enough to like talk to me about how they feel about my like dating life. And I think maybe cause they're like, they're a little bit older, but they're not like out there necessarily dating themselves. But I just thought when they're like, your boyfriends are terrible. Like I just, I, I loved it when they're like, and they said, you need our advice. <laughs> they told Giselle that. And the funniest part is, it's like her last boyfriend was their dad. Like they have that self-awareness to be like, no, just, we love our dad, but he's not good for you. So I just, I just love them. And I'm glad that we're seeing more of them and getting them in the confessions. Like, I just think they bring Giselle back down to planet earth, which I appreciate. I completely agree. All right. Uh, I guess kind of like the final thing to wrap up Potomac. Uh, so Karen has this love lunch, which it was, the invite was bizarre. I, I don't blame Robin and, and Giselle for not wanting to go first of all, because Karen was kind of like really trying to poke at Robin's relationship. And I didn't like what she said in the confessional when she was like, if you don't want to get married, don't get married. Like they've been through a little bit of a, it's not like, oh, they just like met each other a year ago, got engaged. And they're now, they're not wanting to get married. They were married before divorced, engaged again. There is also a pandemic going on. I applaud Robin for not being a Cynthia Bailey, trying to have 200 people at an event during like a very unsafe time to do that. And I just thought it was kind of rude that Karen poked at her for it when Karen has not had a perfect marriage herself. You know, it's like that, the glass house thing. So I get why. And also I love Robin, everyone who's been like, listening to us for a while I definitely have a bias towards her well and listen as someone who loves Karen I agree with everything you said like you're right yeah you're like I wouldn't go but but the invite was so bizarre I will say though I was really impressed with Candace who I think usually is the most immature of the group very hot-headed um and I will also say even though I'm not the biggest Candace fan off of last year I do feel like she was more of the victim than Monique. Like I, I, so I just want to put that out there. Um, but I was impressed though, that she showed up and she gives Karen a hug and, you know, they both say like, they need to have a conversation. And so instead of making it like an awkward thing at like a public, you know, lunch spot where that we've seen happen on housewives all the time, she invites her to our new house. I thought I was like, okay, I kind of am on board with Candace and Karen becoming friends. I like the idea of like the youngest of the group and the oldest of the group kind of like looking out for each other. And they were friends. So I'm all about them rekindling that friendship. One quick hot take, because we didn't get a chance to talk about this on the first episode, your thoughts on Chris being her husbander. (laughs) I don't really know what Chris does. 
I still don't fully like, I, I don't really have my pulse on it. And I don't really understand what Candace is doing that she has this huge house either. Like, I know she's like, I'm getting my master's, which I applaud you for that. But like, so you're a student and typically you have to pay to be enrolled in colleges. So like, and I don't think her songs and her acting careers are like lighting up the world. So I'm just curious how they afford their house. And I think Husbander to me sounds like freeloader. Honestly, the husbander thing, one, I don't feel like you should mix business and pleasure. Personally, like I would never want to work that closely with my husband. Like I would go bonkers. And secondly, instead of having to pay a manager to manage her stuff, he needed a job and he, I'm sure he's doing it for free. Yeah. That's like, honestly, why in my head? I'm like, that's why this is happening. That's probably it. She didn't want to pay a manager. He needed a job. Like, well, not, but he had extra free time. I don't know. Anyways. Well, I I also want that beard to go away because it looks like pubic hair. I said it. Okay. I don't think he is attractive. I'm just going to say that too. There are a lot of attractive (laughs) men in Potomac. I would argue that Ray is like, he's not a silver fox, but like, I don't know. He's like a a chocolate fox. I don't know. We are on one this morning. But I think, I think Ray like is a very attractive older man. You know, all know how I feel about Juan Dixon. Um, not a fan of Chris. I even think you could argue Jamal is a good looking man. I just know what I know about Eddie is smoking hot. Um, I mean, to be honest, it's the two white men really bringing down the bunch. <laughs> I'm, someone's going to at me and say that, like, I don't know. No, I'm, they're not. But it's no, true. I mean, it's true. Michael, I mean, Michael Darby or Chris. Yeah. They're both okay. hideous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you line them up and they're like, okay, pick anyone you want. I'd be, I would like my, I'd be so torn between Juan and Eddie. I don't know which one I would pick. I would pick Juan. I don't know. I feel like Eddie's really good in bed. <laughs> Here we go. Guys, I'm, you're like, woo. I did some, I just, I probably should have said this from the beginning. My, um, I thought I was over the sleeping woes of post-vacation with my almost three-year-old. They came back with a vengeance last night. So I am, made myself like an iced latte and I made it at home and I bumped up the, the strength of the espresso and it's, it's kicking in. So you guys are in for a treat for those that are listening to Patreon later. Just, just wait. Cause you guys know how we get when we're over caffeinated. Yeah. Uh, this is an it, overly caffeinated episode. All right. Roni. Um, okay. I, I didn't want to jump on this bandwagon. Roni for me right now, this last episode was a little bit easier to watch the one prior I honestly put off watching it because everyone told me it was so terrible and I really didn't think it was that great. Um, my, so here's my biggest highlight. Two, two things. I'll start in chronological order. One, why are we just getting snippets and flashbacks of the altercation where like the biggest fourth wall to be broken for Roni like happened where production had to like come in. Leah was yelling. They're like, open the door, open the door. They had to break up Bershawn and Sonia, the two people I would never expect to be in a physical altercation. Like I would have liked a little bit more of like the, the lead up to that. Like mm-hmm. when did Bershawn go back into Leah's room? We don't even understand. Like, I know she was going to get a melatonin. There had to be more conversation that happened there besides like all of a sudden Sonia's there and they're fighting. I agree. I mean, come on production. Like that's, we see it from all of the franchises, every single one. And for this one, I mean, and I've read some people say like, they feel like production's like protecting Sonia for whatever, but I don't know. I just, I'm like, give it, give it to us at least. Let us see it. I just, I think you're right. I would want to see the lead up. 
And I, I, I do think that Bershawn might have gone a little too hard at Sonia, hence why she apologized, knowing that Sonia was drunk. I want to say by, like with that, because I mean, I think a lot of what Bershawn was saying, there's some truth to it. But Sonia was kind of the one who like, you know, was putting her hand in the face. Like, I just feel like I need to know more of the buildup. All of a sudden it was like, get your hand out of my face. And then it was like, they, and I should say like physical altercation. They never like, no one hit one another, but it would have come to that if Leah wasn't in between them and production didn't step in. And she also threw a glass again. Oh, she did. And threw a glass at the wall. And then she, well, she punched the fire extinguisher thing with her bag, (laughs) which like, bold move like I just feel like you'd be like as you're walking away like you know what because production's like carrying you out and she's just like fuck all of you and just punch that thing with her bag I don't I don't know I just I also think that I, I could see that there's some protecting of Sonia I do think that we need to see all this because Sonia's drinking has been like this like roller coaster ride where she doesn't drink and then she does during the season and then she sobers up off off season and then she's drinking again during the season and it's like I don't know. I've like, I've talked about, there's like a, a sense of guilt and enablement as a viewer, but like, I need to see all of it because we've been on this journey with her. So like, don't yeah, protect all. Like, yeah. Don't, don't protect, protect her. Yeah. The other thing though, I will say that I loved the seance. I wasn't sure how that was going to go, especially when they decided like, let's start with an intervention after Sonia orders a drink. Great timing people. Like I would think someone who's gone through AA, like uh, Luann and Leah, who've been through like had sobriety journeys would realize like there's a right and wrong way to do an intervention. And typically it's not around the thing you're telling them to avoid. I, I just felt like that was like really weird. And I do see why Sonia got like defensive because it was supposed to be like, she was having fun. Her and Bershawn were okay. And all of a sudden she gets pulled off to the side. It was, it was a little suspect. And she called it out. She's like, you guys are trying to gate. I think she said gatekeeping or something like that. But I I mean, yes, a thousand percent. If you're going to approach someone, do it off camera, do it off camera. She's, I mean, if that's something that it's something she's truly struggling with, like have the decency to be, talk to her off camera. And then if you're going to have a moment about it on camera, have that recap conversation between Leah and Ramona and be like, Hey, I'm really glad we got to talk to Sonia. And this is, I'm glad she opened up. Like, I, I just feel like things like that. I don't know that we as viewers need to see that. If, especially if Sonia doesn't want us to see it. That's, I think that was the thing. It was very clear that Sonia was uncomfortable that like, and it did, it did feel like a little bit of like a gang up. Like I know like in an intervention, you don't send someone a text like, hi, we're going to be having an intervention for you at, you know, 10 AM today, please swing by my house. But I just thought it was weird that like, you know, they're doing it right by a bar, you know, they're talking to her about her drinking and they're standing right by a bar. I just, I just felt like it wasn't like the right way to approach it. So I felt like the seance, like this is going to be terrible. I learned more about Ramona and Sonia and that seance for what, like the, they each got maybe three, four minutes of airtime, uh, each one of them during that seance. I learned more about them than I did in like the last 10 plus seasons. I mean, we fucking didn't hear about Sonia's marriage. Thank God. Like we actually learned about her father and the pain that he's caused her. We didn't know about Ramona's brother who passed away and the circumstances regarding that. I would, I would want to know more about these women and their stories. Like, I remember we got a preview of that with even Luann. Like, I just think at this time in the game, after so many um, seasons with these women, like, let's peel back the onion a little bit and let's get to the deep shit. Like, I, I kind of want to know. Well, we've, we've known these women surface, surface level for quite a while. It just explains so much to me for both of them. For, with Ramona, it explained to me why she kind of handles Sonia with kid gloves, but also though behind her back tries to 
not talk bad about her, but like she describes her as broken and lost a lot. And I think she's hoping somebody else will step up. Like by doing that, maybe somebody else will step up and kind of take more ownership of Sonia because I think Ramona's hesitant to do it because of what happened with her brother. You know, she, maybe they had like a fight. There was more to it. I just think when you have experience with people with addiction, sometimes it makes you hesitant when you get close to somebody else that you feel like is heading down that path. It explains so much to me. And then with Sonia, like you said, we didn't hear about her marriage finally for once, but we learned why, like why she is the way she is. And it just, I don't know. I just felt like I had so much more compassion for both of them. Um, and I've always loved Sonia, but Ramona has been someone who I just have never really fully understood. And it like a light bulb went off when I learned this part about her. And I will also say, Oh no, Bravo pointed this out. And I love this moment when the woman doing the seance told Sonia she needs therapy. And she's like, I, I'm, I'm getting therapy. And she's like, okay, you need someone with a PhD, like, or you need a psychiatrist. Like she was like, girl, you don't just need like a, a you know, a medium seance person, you need like somebody who has gone through a whole hell of a lot of training to help you with this. And I, she did it in a very sweet way, but I love the way she told her, you need somebody that knows what they're doing. Absolutely. So Roni, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. We're powering through. I mean, I've seen lots of memes on this. If we can make it through um, Beverly Hills puppy gate, we can get through this season of Roni. I think the reason why we're struggling with this more is Roni usually brings it. And so we're just not, we've had like slower Roni seasons, but we've never had a Roni season like this. So I think all of us are just like, whoa, what's happening. And it was just such a quick drop. Like with the OC, I feel like we just had this like steady decline. We're like, oh yeah, now this is a very shitty franchise. Like we're, we, we saw this coming. It never made its way back up. It is what it is. Roni, I feel like you know, last season we had like this reunion where we're talking about turkey basters and people are being just so obnoxiously rude, but so like classic Roni to this. I don't know. It just feels kind of like a, a big, big drop and like unexpected. I have nothing else to add. Let's All right. talk Beverly Hills. I'm never oh my more gosh. excited. So much to unpack. I mean, okay. Do we, I don't even know if we need to recap the previous episode other than the fact that let's just say Erica Jane, once again, giving us the performance of a lifetime. If you think those were genuine tears, I've got a bridge in Brooklyn. I want to sell you. I mean, she like that was so fake and so produced and so staged. And I think all the other women that were there know it. Like, I think Kyle sat there and knew that, okay, this is Erica's thing. She's just going to sit here and sob and cry when she came to La Quinta, which I love that they're calling it La Quinta. It's Palm Springs. It's fine. You guys can say it. Like, it's not, I don't know. La Quinta doesn't make it sound like it's like that much better. Um, although side note, I have stayed at the La Quinta in Palm Springs and it is stunning. And I cannot believe I can say that Erica Jane and I have stayed at the same like, hotel. That's, I mean, that's your rich honey is it was on a work trip, today. but still, but still you got to stay there. That's amazing. I, so before we get into this crazy ass story, Kathy Hilton, who never ceases to amaze me. She truly is the level of wealth I aspire to be in the sense that she like, she's like, I never drove. She never drives herself. And that is so rich to, for that to even be a conversation of like that she actually drove herself two hours and that her ankles were sore from driving. I like how that. insane is that? There is really nothing that she does that I don't just love. And I, I will say Maggie from Best of Bravo posted this and it's like, it's just nice that we all universally love her. Cause sometimes there'll be a new person that comes in 
and people are like, oh my God, why is everyone fawning all over this person? They're not that great. And then you almost feel guilty. You're like, well, I think they're kind of amazing. Like, but I don't want to overly post about them because everyone's going to think this is obnoxious. I just really like that Kathy Hilton can be the one that we all just rally behind. And like 97%, Maggie did a poll and 97% of the people were obsessed with her, which just, it makes like, I feel very validated knowing that it's okay that I can make a million Kathy Hilton memes and no one's going to get sick of it. Well, and truthfully, like, I don't think we've had lots of side conversations about this on whether or not it's a shtick or not. Mm -hmm. And listen, like, I, I truly feel like Kathy's in another world where she's so far removed from like reality that this is like her truth and her world. And we're seeing it. We're seeing like a rich ass woman trying to interact with quote everyday people, which these everyday people aren't even everyday people. No, I completely agree. I think, yeah, it's just, she's someone who's so wealthy that she's never had to do something for herself before. So anytime she does like drive a car or use a broom, it's comical because it's something that all of us do every day mindlessly without even thinking about it. And for her, it's like this big task and confusion. And I think this is what we love about housewives, right? We, we love when they're a little bit relatable, but we love when they're just so over the top and so rich that it's like, we will never live our life that way, but it's kind of crazy watching someone else do it. And that's why we love Kathy. thousand percent. I will say, I thought it was interesting that Garcelle said that she didn't feel, and again, listen, I'm not judging anyone on the pandemic, just something I pointed out. So they're like, Garcelle's not, doesn't feel comfortable staying here. Guessing she had something work related. So she was staying at La Quinta, but I thought that was interesting because she stayed with them in Aspen and you're filming with them. And I know they're doing lots of like COVID tests. So I just thought that was interesting. I thought it was interesting too, but I will say, um, cause I noticed you put that as a note and I was like, yeah, that is weird. What was the shift? LA kind of went back to like a stricter lockdown in between their, um, their, what they weren't in Aspen. Where were they with that big house? Oh, somewhere. Oh, Lake Tahoe. They were like, yeah, I was like, Lake yeah, Tahoe. they were in Tahoe. Um, in between Tahoe and Palm Springs, there was like a stricter lockdown. And so I think, and they had like that dinner. And so I do think, you know, maybe that's some of it, but I also, she was just at the dinner at Lisa Rena's house. So I think it might've been a little bit of a cop out. Um, and also maybe just a little bit of like, a just not still feeling hundred percent comfortable with the women. I think Garcelle's a person when she's not sure, even if like things are looking better, like she's getting along with Kyle, but she just isn't ready to like go all in. She kind of restrains herself, which I appreciate. I think it like, I was like, where's Garcelle's episode? I would have loved her hot take. She's smart. We're missing her right now where some of the other women were like with Rena, I'm like, girl you practice this. You knew what you were going to say in your confessional. I think a lot of them that are good friends with Erica Jane are just trying to continue to spin this story to help her. And I truly, after this episode, I am 100% convinced she knew. She knew everything. And now she is using anything she can to get herself out of this web and to make sure that this money isn't gone. I think she realizes that it's, it's over for Tom. There's nothing more he can do. And at this point, she is just trying to save that money for herself. I mean, it was wild. Like she walks in. So we learn, like, just to remind you guys of what the headlines we learn before EJ arrives is that that assets have been frozen or Tom's assets have been frozen, AKA also Erica's, the assets have been frozen. And there's one other thing um, I can't remember, but I think it had to do with the orphanage and that airline and the settlements regarding that. So the she, $2 million. Like, like they, yeah, they, there was like, they, 
found $2 million that were basically like miss funds that were inappropriately used, but we know it's more than that. So, and, and yeah. I mean, and Crystal, I mean, freaking Beverly Hills, Crystal, like she's rich. Like she knows she's like $2 million is nothing. Like if, if someone has as many assets as Tom had claimed to be, or once had $2 million would be nothing. So, um, I also thought it was strategic that Crystal stayed in the kitchen with Kyle while they're talking to EJ, because I feel like she's team like Sutton and Garcelle, like poking holes at all of it. Um, so I just found that interesting, but so she comes in and then I can't, Ryan Bailey's doing, uh, incredible impersonations of this, but with the finger to the face, starts crying, the hands, fingers, whatever to the face, you know, starts crying. And then as the women are trying to comfort her and talk to her, Sutton then shares a very meaningful story. But I thought personally to me, I was like, is this the time to share this? I don't know. What was your take on Sutton sharing her father's passing? Um, I, yeah, I thought it was a little odd. I think she was like, I, I think Sutton's like in my mind is like endearingly socially awkward, but sometimes it's not as endearing as others. I think what she was trying to do was basically say like, we all kind of have things that we go through and like, you know, I had to, you know, deal with that. And I think she was just trying to relate to Erica, but no one can truly relate to this. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a unique experience. Uh, so she, I think she's just trying to relate to her and like build her up a little bit, but I just feel like talking about a father, a parent's suicide is just completely different. I mean, it wasn't like Crystal, I know she wasn't in the room, but it wasn't like Crystal was trying to relate to Erica with this by talking about her father passing. She did share a little bit about the Alzheimer's piece of it, but which that made a little bit more sense, but I thought it was, it was just a little awkward and uncomfortable. And I felt like I didn't know if Sutton intended it to come this way, but it looked almost as if Sutton was wanting a little bit of like support instead of like supporting Erica. It was, yeah, I just, I was kind of like, oh, and on the watch what happens live, she talked about it and she said she cried watching it play back. And Andy was very much like, that was such a nice moment and so sweet of you. And again, like I'm not taking away. I know the intentions were good. And in terms of how she would have tried to relate, I think if I were in Erica's shoes, I would have been like, wait a second, <laughs> like what is going on? But that's just, me. yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Uh, I just, it all just felt though so staged and so acted by Erica that I think like, I was like, poor Sutton. She's trying to connect with her. And I think Sutton quickly realized that Erica has a game plan going into this trip and that some of the women are in on it and some of them are not. And when she sat down for that dinner and starts telling this story about, you know, look, well, he's not okay. And it all starts with this car crash. And the reason, and a lot of people have messaged us saying it felt like Kyle, Rena, even Dorit at times were almost like coached and asked to like, say certain things and like really make a point to emphasize that maybe there's some truth to Erica's story. It, I, I completely agree. And for me, Rena's confessional was a turning point when she's like, you know, he seemed great last time I saw him and he was talking about practicing the law and he was charming, but maybe there was something going on that I didn't see. It's like, no, you all said, like everyone has been saying he seemed fine the last time that they met him. And now all of a sudden that Erica's trying to tell a story of like, his, you know, mental decline, you're, you're trying to like support that and spin what we've already seen. And I think they forget, like we have footage of this. We, we haven't seen Tom slip up and not be able to like, remember something. Like we've seen him be a little bit mean to Erica. They replay that one scene over and over again, where he's like, I'm talking Erica, <laughs> but like, that's all we've seen. And I just, so I'm like, 
I, I, I agree with everyone that it feels like some of these women are trying to like help Erica spin this story, but God loves Sutton for like having the most confused face, like all of us watching the car crash story. It the made no sense to story, me. I like laughed and I, so I watched late. Um, I when anyways, I watched late. So I've heard like people's initial reactions and hearing about this car crash story. And I was trying not to get too many spoilers, but I legit laughed. So she talks about the car crash story that she had once shared with Kyle back in 2000. Was it like 18 or 19? Yes. At the time, the story that was shared was like, Tom got in a car crash, but he's okay. And I don't think we knew about the broken ankle or the allegedly broken ankle, but essentially he was in a car crash and he was fine. That was like what she shared. In this um, adaptation of the car crash, EJ starts to talk about, yeah, that car crash. I found him. He drove his car and went behind the roundabout behind the house and went down the cliff. The car went down the cliff. But then he didn't. Then he fell out. Was he ejected out of the car? Like he rolled out. He rolled out. Like what the fuck? But then he he called me. But no, he didn't call me. I found him. And then he was in the hospital, um, unconscious for, was it 12 hours? 12 hours. And it was just like, honestly, listening to it, I was just like, what the actual fuck is going on? And, you know, the internet, like, if you're going to say there's a cliff behind your house, the internet is on you. And we've all like looked it up, mixing with Moni, um, she and I were chatting and she shared an aerial view of their home. And it's, I don't see an apparent cliff based on this aerial view. I'm not going to say I'm not wrong, but it's just, it's wild. It, yeah. And I love when she was like, I wasn't worried about it. Cause I just thought he was off with some other woman and everyone's like, jaws oh, yeah. are dropping. I'm like, what the hell? That's right. The women. That's right. And then she said about the women and that she, that he was out with a lot of women and, and so many women. And Kyle's like, yeah, you know, I have to say, I've heard this rumor before about the other women. And she's like, and you know, someone, I forgot who was like, why wouldn't you leave? You're so beautiful. And she's like, where am I going to go? where am I going to go? Like, (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And Kathy's being nice and is like, well, her self-esteem and she's felt this way. And it just was a lot. And listen, like, I'm usually a bit naive and like to think like pure intentions of people. I thousand percent agree with you that this was a performance. It felt like a lot. I feel like when you're like it felt like a lot of embellishments. I'm sure there's a sliver of truth to that story, but she's like added onto it. And now she's getting wrapped up in her own lies and like keeping up with what she has said and hasn't said. I don't know. It, it's honestly why I still don't, I'm choosing not to believe the victim's money part. I'm choosing not that part. I do feel like she knew what was coming down in the separation and she wasn't as naive um, as she's painting herself to be. I do believe that, but Whew. Let's have some pancake cake. What the fuck? That looked like, um, like, like, I don't know. It looked like a weird cheesecake or like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what pancake cake is. I almost want to DM Sutton and be like, what, can you send me your recipe for your pancake cake? Cause I want to know what exactly it is. It did not look like pancakes. So holla back cards found the person who makes this pancake cake and it's not pancake cake. She found the maker and is getting one delivered to her. Oh my God. That's amazing. Uh, well, we'll soon we'll find out. Uh, but yeah, so there is two weeks of Bravo in a nutshell. We've got a lot more we're going to talk about on our Patreon, um, including this week's headlines. We're going to go deeper into 
our time with Juliet, um, and obviously some Erica Jane legal updates are needed because it continues to get a little crazy. Um, but that leads us to our shout out and in true Real Moms of Bravo fashion, we have not discussed the shout out. I want to give the shout out to all the moms out there doing the bunk bed thing. I posted about bunk beds. I was just curious about it. I think it, it, you know, what's like funny. It's like bunk beds and like kid or dog urine is what gets the most DMs for us, which just shows where we are all at in life. Um, but a lot of you flooding us with the good, the bad, the ugly of bunk beds. But I will say for those who haven't been following along on our Instagram stories, the biggest negative for bunk beds is just making the bed and changing the sheets. So for those out there considering bunk beds, there you go. Wow. What a shout out. I don't have any follow-up shout out. Um, honestly, you know what? I'm going to give my shout out to Lucy, our oh, super yeah. bride. Um, she's a fabulous human. If you guys aren't following her already, she's really working to get to hundred K before her wedding soon. And we will be there. So we'll share all the outtakes of that, but you guys, thank you so much for your support. We've seen your reviews come in. Um, we really, really appreciate it. We're constantly humbled by it. So again, if you want to take 60 seconds to make our day, it's super easy. All you have to do is click five stars to give us a five-star rating. And if you're feeling extra generous, write a written review. And if you're even feeling more generous, why not join our Patreon? Our Patreon, you can join for $3 a month to, or $5 a month. Um, like we said, we spill some tea, we share recaps, we are hustling. We're two working moms with lots going on, but we make time for you because we know you appreciate it and you love it. So with that, we'll catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.